Hi, I'm Carmel Jane and welcome to the Carmel Jane Talks Business Podcast. This podcast unearths real stories from female entrepreneurs about their journey to success. Get inspired and discover top tips, advice and real life experience on how to start a business, grow a business and create something you're truly proud of. I want to change lives by helping women to empower themselves with outstanding businesses that give financial freedom and make a difference. Rather than working like men, we can work like women and create corporate cultures, opportunities and businesses based on positivity, empowerment and kindness. Hey, and for all you photography buffs out there, I'm on the wedding and portrait stage at the photography show on March the 18th at the NEC. My talk is all about the art of high volume headshots. This week's episode is Employ and Grow. Employees are the rocket fuel for your business, but getting it right is crucial. Getting it wrong is really expensive. I've got Penny Hollington, recruitment expert, in on how to interview, recruit and retain the very best team members. Without staff, you only have a job, yet great staff create a scalable business. We also have Emma Good, social media whiz kid, with top tips and strategies for attracting staff to you through the power of social media. We also talk about where and how to post your vacancies to maximise your reach. If you have any business questions you'd like answered, email in on carmel at carmeljane.co.uk or post to our Facebook page, Carmel Jane Talks Business. We would love to hear from you. And don't forget, please, uh, on the podcast, rate, review and subscribe. It really makes a difference to help others find us. But back to the podcast, get ready to dream bigger, believe bigger and make a difference. So today we've got a Penny Hollington recruitment expert and we're going to talk all about how you go about writing a job description, getting out there and then doing your best to recruit the right people into your team. Um, Penny has uh, started out 25 years ago. Oh, sorry, welcome Penny. Hello. hello yes, hello. congratulations. Next Thank week you. is 25 I'm years. years <laughs> <laughs> That's right, she started when she was three and a half. Um, <laughs> So 25 years in the business, she worked in the, in the city, she worked with big corporates, and then in 2012, what happened, Penny? Well, in 2012, after... Uh, so what would that have been, six, 16 years of recruitment? As I said, I'd worked in um, locally, I'd worked in London, I worked for a couple of corporates, had some experience working for independents and um, helped a, a smaller business do a start-up. Um, I just felt the time was right to maybe do it for myself. Um, so I came back into the local area. Um, I wanted to kind of re-engage with local businesses. Um, and I did a lot of research and speaking to employers and speaking to job seekers, um, a lot of people hadn't have had the best of experiences using a recruiter. I'll, just, I'll stop you there. For people who don't know about recruitment, recruitment agencies kind of had the same kind of been like like a um, estate agents, aren't they? And I think the internet has allowed um, with the job boards a bit like Rightmove and things that actually smaller independent people can really offer much better service, can't they? Yeah, I think. I mean, when I started, obviously twenty five years ago, um, I mean, job boards. I didn't really exist. It was very much people used to walk into a recruitment agency and speak to a human being. Um, and I think the job boards have obviously, the, the benefit of that is that you've opened up a much bigger market. So people are a lot more accessible, but I think also we've sort of lost a little bit of that human connection, which I think is so critical when you're recruiting people to find the right fit. I know with Carmel Jane Photography, I currently have about 13 or 14 people full-time and part-time plus contractors. I've been employing people for 10 years and it is so, 
difficult to get it right. And I have made more mistakes and I think I've you know, <laughs> learned a lot. And I've got Penny on board now helping. But it, it's so, so important. And it is about people and it is about creating a team. Um, part of the reason I've got Penny in today because I'm a huge, huge fan of employing people to grow your business. Because without people, without employing people, actually you haven't got a business as much as you, you've got a job that you have to do all the marketing and pay yourself and everything. When you grow a business, when you employ people, it allows you, you hand off tasks, you delegate, and it gives you a chance to really grow your business and, 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 and expand and put in all your entrepreneurial ideas. It's super, super important. But actually, if you get a group of entrepreneurs together in a room, and say, what's your difficulty? They'll all say staff. <laughs> Little shout out to the team at Carmel Jane Photography. I love you all. No, we're in a really, really good place with our staff at the moment. And, and it does make my life so much better when we've got good people. Um, Let's talk, Penny, a little bit about what we need to do to get those right people in, in the team so that we, we are really happy and our life is easier. Yeah. Um, let's sort of start with a job description. Talk to me a little bit about that and getting that part of it right. Well, I think going back to what, what you said is that, you know, I work very closely with businesses to make sure that they've got people that are going to help grow their business ultimately. So when you're looking at the job description, what you're looking at is fundamentally what skills and experience do you need this person to have to be able to fulfil the requirement that you have? But you also want to be looking at what personal skills and qualities do you want in that individual that's going to do exactly that, that's going to help grow? So what motivators are people going to have? Where do they want to take their career, what's really important to them. So not only are you working very closely with finding people with good skills, but you're also looking for people that are going to actually fit in where you want to take your business and help. You want them to help you grow and develop. You don't want someone to necessarily sit there and, and keep and stand still. So it's not it's about skills, but it's also about a lot of those personal qualities. And that's what you need to explore. I'm a big fan of attitude over skill set mm. because actually you can't teach someone the right attitude. They want to be able to work hard. They want to be part of the team. And a lot of skills can be taught. Um, so that, that getting that right attitude. And, and I have found that if I haven't had a clear job description, it's much, much more difficult to employ the right person. You've got to say, what skills do I need? What attitude do I need? But getting that job description, mm. I think, is probably fundamentally the first thing, isn't mm. it, to, to get that in place. And I think um, what a lot of companies do, which I think is it's just habit really is that if someone leaves your business you tend to open your drawer find out find the job description from five years ago dust it off and then give that to your recruiter and say we want one of these again but actually when I talk to companies that role will have changed the business will have changed and we think what do you actually need now to take your business forward to the next five years and you're probably working with a lot of SMEs <coughs> small to medium businesses and I know you know, every year it changes. And yeah. Every year that actually, as we get bigger, we employ people doing more of a niche rather than yeah. having multitaskers that had to kind of pitch in and do everything. Now we've got people that have a much more focused goal and their, their role in the, in the business is much more defined. Another, the next stage is actually writing a great advert because I, I truly believe that employing the right people is, as, as an employer, we have a duty of care to make sure that if someone's leaving a job and coming to you, that it's right for them as much as it's right for me and my business. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, the market is quite challenging at the moment from both perspectives. Obviously, with what's going on, I think companies are um, seriously giving a lot of consideration when they're recruiting as to do, do they actually need to replace somebody? Can they, you know, is this a justifiable uh, headcount to bring in? But absolutely, from a, a job seeker's point of view, I think to leave a job 
to go to a new job is a very big decision to make. And I think I really help candidates as well to do their due diligence mm. to make sure this role is actually going to match and exceed what they're looking for. Because I think it's a deselection process. You're both, you've, you know, both employee and employer. You're saying, is this right? And mm. how are we going to fit? And I, mm. I'd say I, I do quite like employing people who are not coming from another job because it feels less risk to me that they're not making a big life choice because it is so important that they get it right. Absolutely. As well as yeah. you do. And I think I've always, you know, over the, the years I've been in recruitment and the market's changed dramatically from when you walked into a recruitment agency and they sort of gave you a selection of jobs and said which one would you like to obviously there being no jobs so I've worked in both markets but I've always focused on making sure that the company makes the right decision with who they recruit but that the candidate also makes the right decision about which job they take so getting that perfect match is just really critical so you've we've identified the, the in the business we've got our job description we've got a great job advert that clearly says what the job is but kind of sells our business a little bit as well Mm. Now there's low. We're going to talk with him a good little bit about advertising later in the show on social media. Mm. But but how do you then get that out there? How do you put your advert out there? Because I think actually there's more platforms now, isn't there? There there are. I mean, there are lots of ways of promoting your job. So as we talked about job boards so there's lots of job boards that are quite generic out there that you can advertise and actually as a, a first time user you can get some really good um, rates for that so you can have a job advertised for say six weeks and that will go out to that will actually be seen by you know a huge amount of people um, as you said social media is now becoming a, a, a big way of people promoting their jobs through their own network mm. of people so you said six weeks Early days, I've got a lot better at now, but if you do your forward planning, it does actually take, I think you've got to allow three months for a really great candidate if it's a kind of a decent job role within your business because you've got to put the, give the job advert out there on job boards, plenty of time to attract the right people. Then you've got to do your first and second interview, but really the planning is so important up there with doing the job description is making yeah. sure you're planning. <coughs> yeah, and, and actually three months is realistic because as you said, for um, to get the job out there, to potentially do first and second interviews, and then for that person to give notice, um, realistically three months is, is probably a sensible time frame to think about. Excellent. And today we're talking about how to employ people and grow your business. I have recruitment expert in the studio with me, Penny Hollington, who uh, next week is 25 years as a recruitment expert. Uh, doesn't look a day over 25 <laughs> herself, got to say, but she has a load of experience on how to um, employ people. So important that we get it right. It's a hugely, hugely expensive uh thing to do if we don't. Um, so we've talked a little bit about getting a great job description, um, putting your job out, advert, advert out there and really knowing who it is you're after. So let's assume that we've had loads of good CVs and they're all looking interesting. What then, Penny? Well, the interview process is, is so critical and actually getting recruitment wrong is, as you said, can be expensive and also just be very damaging if you get the wrong person in your, in your business. Um, the recruitment process really should be um, about getting to know that person and making sure that they are right for your business. Going back to what we said, not only with their skills and experience, but that cultural fit. So is this person right for your business? How you want your business to move forward? Have they got that right attitude and motivators? So it, the interview process should be looking at, at both those factors. And actually, 
I'm a big fan of having three interviews. Um, yeah. Back in the olden days, when I first started out, I was always a lastminute.com or sort of, sort of trying to get cover because we hadn't done enough planning. And then someone turned up and think, oh, they're really nice. I'll give them a job. This is a true story. <laughs> this is actually how I employed people. Um, until I sort of did a bit more learning about how it is to grow and actually run a business, not just have loads of good ideas. And so now I actually, Penny does all my phone interviews, but we do phone interview, first interview and second interview. So Penny does my phone interviews for me now, but it's so important. And actually, occasionally I, I still do my photographer's interviews and you just need five to 10 minutes on the phone. And what sort of things are you asking them, Penny, when, you, when you're doing that first phone interview? I think that really is just getting a sense of the person. So it's just finding out about what they're currently doing, why they're looking, what what they're looking for. And it's just getting that instinct about, is this opportunity that we have necessarily the right one for them? And do we want to pursue and actually arrange to meet them? So is there something about them as an individual? Do we feel there's a good match there? So it's just getting that first, I suppose people call it instinct, but just that feel of, is this person potentially right for the business? Yeah, and I found sometimes it just throws something, I think, oh, actually, no, you've got the wrong end of the stick, or it isn't quite right. But the phone interview stage and then I usually go, oh great, you sound really nice, come in. But actually Penny's a lot more disciplined than me. <laughs> and she says, okay, we'll get back to you in a couple of days when we've spoken to everybody. Um, and so that, that's, that is crucial because actually uh, I feel a bit like interviewing is a bit like internet dating. <laughs> Where actually you turn up, if anyone's out there interested, I used to do loads of it, happily married now. Um, but And you turn up and within the first few minutes you would just know whether there was either either going to be kind of a connection. And so actually, if you do that phone interview, that kind of cuts out a lot of time wasting. Yeah, and again, from both both perspectives, because also, you know, for someone to go along for an interview and take time out and then turn up and think, this is not right for me either. So it's just good to have that first initial conversation. And then that first meeting, I believe, is very much around um, a conversation uh, allowing that person to talk about their background and, you know, I suppose fundamentally what's prompted them to be coming to see that company today and what it was about the role that interested them. And for the employer to, to share the story about their business, you know, what's going on with their business and where they want to take the business. So it's really a meeting to, to open up on both sides and really then to see if there's common ground there and enough interest that you would then want to see that person back again. So at this point, you've had a phone interview and you really like them face to face. Don't offer them a job. Like, <laughs> I think Penny's in not just with her skills, but to slow me down and say, no, <laughs> let's think about this. So interview all the people, usually shortlist between three and six or seven, maybe. I think you've got to be a bit, you've got to cut them down because it is quite a time consuming process. And then from there, we shortlist and then we have them back into the business and they have a couple of days in the office if it's an office-based job. And if they're a photographer, we actually have them out on site and saying, can you do this job? You know, our office is pretty chilled out and it's kind of fun. So most people quite like our office, but it's also noisy and um, it's out as a really rural base. So people have to know, is this going to be right for me? And for the photographers, I say, are you prepared to work hard? Because it's a very, very physically tough job. But we always get them back in. And then what do you recommend with that, with that coming back in stage, Penny? That uh, stage, I think, is so important. I think it's, again, equally for both sides. So it's good for a candidate to come back in and, and see the business again, meet people, get another sense of whether this is the right opportunity for them. And I think for the employer, it's really important. I think it's, it's great for the candidate as well to meet some people in the team, 
the people they're going to be actually working with, which is critical that there's good relationship there, to actually see what they're going to be actually involved with day to day, just to get the whole bigger picture. Um, you compare it to um, dating. I quite often compare it to buying a house. Oh. So the first, <laughs> the first time you go and see a house or a flat or mm. whatever, you just sort of get the wow factor. You think, oh, I love this property. And then you might go back and realise that the kitchen was a bit smaller than you remembered mm-hmm. and the skirting boards and there's a stain on the carpet. So that second viewing, if you like, maybe just make, gives you a bit more of a reality check. And I think that is really important for a candidate and a client uh, for that that second, third meeting, really, just to, to really iron out all those things and see the reality of what everything will be like. Corporate culture is so hugely important to me at Carmel Jane <laughs> Photography that actually, when we have people in the office, we kind of do a bit of a straw poll on how they fit in. So if anyone's coming in for an interview, everyone is part of the interview process, which I think I have something maybe slightly different. Our team's still small enough to do that, but they so have to fit in because if you get one person who upsets the balance, it can really make a huge difference. So I think it's about saying, are these people going to fit in with my team and and slowing down and making sure you're not employing in a rush. You've got to do it when you're going, this is the right person and making lots of planning mm. as well. And I, and I work very, very closely with, with clients to, as you said, to make sure that they're absolutely finding the right person. Um, and they've done their due diligence and the candidate's done their due diligence and everything's out on the table and everything's been discussed. What's your favourite question? Oh, oh look, see, I, put her under, <laughs> I put her under pressure and she, she doesn't know what to say. <laughs> well, do you know what? I've, I've over the years, people, people have been asked some really strange questions. But the, the thing is, you may get asked a strange question in an interview, but it's possible that the interview doesn't necessarily know what they want you to say is the answer, it, or it could just be a bit of a throw throw you off mm. your you know throw you what off the you, flow. When we've interviewed together, you usually have a few questions that you always ask. Yeah, I think that it's good. Uh, going back to again what we said is that I think a lot of interviews are based very much around skills, and I think a lot of companies mm. spend a lot of time talking about what skills have you got and what experience do you have. But actually, where most recruiting goes wrong, it was it generally isn't because they don't have the skills it's kind of everything else that wasn't really looked at. And that's all the personal the qualities that we talked about. Attitude so, over skill set. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, you know, if you've, a surgeon, a doctor has to have a certain skill set that you can't just teach on the job. I hope not. But a lot of it is if they've got the basic skills, but they really want to learn and they're engaged and they say, do you want to work here? And their eyes light up and you think, yeah, you are going to be a fantastic team member. Mm. So we've talked about how to get the job description and interviewing. Um, then... I do hand this all over to Penny um, because it's difficult. It's really communicating with your uh, your candidates and telling them whether or not they have got the job. Mm. What do you do? Well, um, I always think it's important that candidates get feedback. Um, and it, it, it always alarms me and disappoints me when I, I hear of people that have been on interview and then never hear anything from anybody. Mm. So I think that's actually just bad manners and I think it's just out of respect that people should get feedback so um, if I'm working with a client I will always um, get some feedback that I can actually potentially give the candidate if possible if it's constructive and it will maybe help them for their next for their next opportunity because I think it's and this is why I I mean, once your business grows, it's so important to have someone like Penny who's helping you because actually it's a really bad PR thing. And I know that I get busy and I'm a little bit unorganised and forgetful. And so there probably has been times that I've interviewed people and not done a proper follow-up when they haven't got the job. Um, and so I think from a PR point of view, you don't want people saying bad things about your, your business because they might have had a positive interview experience and haven't got the job and then it just leaves the 
it's not, not a nice way to finish it, is it? No, and actually, it's really important for companies to think about it as a PR um, a PR exercise because actually, if you're inviting people into your business to, and you're interviewing them, you know they're going to get an insight into you as a company. And actually, if they don't get the job, and there's a very real reason for that that someone else maybe just was a better fit. That's fair enough, mm. and people will accept that. But just to get that feedback, you want them to to walk away from your business still feeling very positive. And actually, the amount of times we meet people, and it may be at this moment for this role, they're not right. But quite often, maybe six months' time, some an opportunity may come, and we think, oh. I wonder if that candidate's still available because that the person could be perfect now. And I've actually had people who didn't get the job, who went on and got another job and then recommended their friend because Absolutely. they had such good feelings. If, about if it's done properly, it should always be a it should always the outcome should always be a positive, positive. experience. Um, so if you're not if you're not paying someone else to do all your follow-up calls and things, I, I hugely recommend that you do see it as a PR. PR exercise and really follow up. And it's just, as I say, it's just common courtesy to look after people. Um, so we've found the perfect candidate. <laughs> we've offered them a job. We've negotiated. Then we've got to get them into the company. And I think, again, when I was growing, it wasn't always done as well as it could. I know it's sort of, at the moment, it's called onboarding. <laughs> Have you got any, any top tips when we are trying to onboard people and to get them into our business um, and how to make... Because I know at times when we've employed and we've been busy and we get a perfect candidate and they get thrown in the deep end and actually this this really positive interview experience has sort of become after the first few weeks they're going they're a bit overwhelmed because I don't think we are much better at now really truly looking after people so what's your onboarding tips Penny? Well, exactly as you've said, I think you can, if you've done a really good process and you've got the ideal person, you know, their first experience with you in those first few weeks is so critical. And also don't underestimate um, that it's always a bit daunting starting a new job, whoever you are, however experienced you are, starting somewhere new and being the new the new person is always a little bit intimidating and it takes you a while just to get, you know, comfortable there on your feet under the table. So I think just to never assume anything and to make sure that you've properly planned those first few weeks and quite often people are recruiting because they're busy and they may have had a, an empty desk for a while so naturally they could be coming into a busy environment but that you still need to make sure that you've dedicated time for them to be ideally they have a mentor I always recommend mm. that a new person has a mentor in the business they've got someone kind of looking after them showing them the ropes teaching them and someone that they can speak Thank to you. um and just make sure I this basic things and believe me this quite often doesn't happen where are they going to sit have they what got you know is have they got a laptop or a computer set up so i know it sounds some basic things but actually if you turn up for your first day at work and no one's thought about it it's not not the greatest start if like if you're thinking oh you're wiping <laughs> you're taking a whole load of paper off a desk and say sit there so just and, to look like you've planned and, for them their arrival them it's like you have a guest to your home you'd, you'd want to make them welcome yeah. um, even with all the recruitment and things I've got better at it occasionally people don't work out and and I think with the best will in the world it does happen I, it hasn't happened to me fortunately too often but it, it is a really difficult thing and so when you've done your induction they've got a mentor I absolutely it's the first month they've got to have a, a semi-formal appraisal every single week and then sort of two weeks for the first, next few months so if there are any problems you're putting it in place because so it's difficult for both parties if you haven't got it right, but it's more difficult. And I have done this. I'm hand up. <laughs> <laughs> the business has grown. I'm so much better now. But actually go three months with actually doing it as a, in a formal setting mm. because 
It is so important, isn't it? Communication in those first few months is critical. And I think, it, you know, it doesn't have to be hugely formal, but I think if you've just built into that your first three months of how you're going to get that person um, settled in, you, if to build into that just some time that you can have sit down, just a bit of face-to-face time, just to be able to say, how's it going? You know, are we giving you everything you need? What do you need? I think if you give those opportunities to people, believe me, if there's anything that's not quite right or something they weren't expecting, those conversations allow you just to put that mm. back on track and you can stop a problem before it becomes a big problem. And every week if you're having a conversation, one, you're going to fix it, but two, you're not going to say after six weeks, come into my office, we've got to have a chat, which is, is, is kind of a scary prospect. And and so it's, I mean, I my my catchphrase for the Carmel Jane Talks business is dream bigger, believe bigger and make a difference. And I really deeply care passionately about growing a business and 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 I have a duty of care not only to mm. my clients and customers but to my employees and and I say big shout out to my gorgeous team we're we're awesome <laughs> at the moment but it, there's been heartache and there's getting it wrong and there's been some really tough times mm. through not not due diligence and not following process and not making sure that you know we're dealing with people's lives mm. here and we can make a hugely positive difference and you know we don't want to make a negative difference interruption to your podcast. For all of you photography buffs out there, I'm on the wedding and portrait stage at The Photography Show at Birmingham NEC on March the 18th. I'm on at 12 noon and I'll be talking all about the art of high volume headshots. This is going to be a practical demonstration and it should be fantastic. Just remember too, if you have any business questions you would like answered, email in on carmel at carmeljane.co.uk or post on our Facebook page, Carmel Jane Talks Business. We would love to hear from you. Back to the podcast. So we've gone through all the standards and procedures and things you should do to get it right. But if you're thinking about employing staff, and, and actually I love employing people, it's fantastic, it's difficult, but you get a group of entrepreneurs and business owners together and they will start complaining about staff, and I think, because they haven't done it properly. And what happens is, is I think so many people are so afraid of employing people mm. because they hear these horror stories mm. and we hear about employees' rights and all that kind of thing. But we absolutely need to be employing people. And Penny, you've been poking around people's businesses <laughs> for 25 years. Poking around. <laughs> I'd, be so, I'd be so inquisitive and nosy. I'd love meeting all these different people. But you must have seen the difference what recruiters and what you do do to help entrepreneurs grow their business. Absolutely. And I think, um, you know, going back to making quick decisions, you know, I know people who've recruited someone, you know, they interviewed them for five minutes and they had a really nice jumper on. I went, but he was so lovely. <laughs> it's me, and I've I done it. What, what I don't want to be the bad cop, but I think what I can just help with is just to make sure that you've gone into the detail. You know, why Why is this person impressed you? What is it they can do? Have you asked this? Do you know it's, about this? It's more too about people learning to let go. I mean, you must have seen this too. Mm. Delegating. Once you get into the swing of things, it's really good fun. But at first you think, oh, it's just easier to do it myself oh. because I, rather than take the time to explain to people or oh, oh, the worst one, I do it best. And I promise you, <laughs> I have. I say to my team, the only thing around here I want to be the best at is running a business. I don't want to be the best yeah. photographer. I'm definitely not the most organised. I'm not the best at um, printing the photos. All I want to do is be the best at creating this team and mm. growing this business. And you have to be prepared to delegate oh. to grow. And, you know, the, as a business owner and you making that first hire, I mean, that is 
just the biggest challenge because you literally are just thinking, I just want to find another one of me, which is just not going to happen. If you're an entrepreneur, (laughs) there's not another one of you, okay? Because all entrepreneurs are just mildly nuts, I think. Um, I'm going to share a little story, actually. There was two two stories. There's two points in my life where I really knew I had to employ people. Um, Nine years ago, I had stage two breast cancer and I had... 15,000 pounds worth of weddings booked in over a month period. And I, there's no way I was going to shoot these weddings and to be able to edit them all myself. And I really knew that I think, oh my goodness, you know, if, if I'm seriously ill again, how am I going to pay my rent? You know, how, how am I going to live? And so that was a really good it kind of bounced me into going, you need to employ people. And and it, it was it was one of those horrible life-changing things mm-hmm. that actually worked out for the best. And then a few years later when the dance school side of things going great and we kept growing at a rate of knots, which I didn't know I managed as well as I could have. And there was one period in June and July and I worked for six weeks. I did 12 or 14 hour days. I promise you, I worked every single day. And then went on holiday for a week. Um, and then my boys went to their dad's house and I had a week in bed crying through exhaustion Mm. and you have to work super hard to grow your business and it's really difficult but you do not have to drive yourself to the point of uh, it wasn't probably a nervous breakdown as much as just exhaustion Mm, exhaustion, and a week in bed feeling deeply sorry for myself and and totally exhausted I bounced back and here we are today but it's (laughs) so important and this was this was growth that was too fast it was um it was lack of planning because actually when you're growing really fast, it's really, really difficult to plan. And then saying, well, I'm the one that has to put the kids together because I'm the person that knows how to do it. And these these big dance schools we've got, well, I'm the best photographer, so I have to go and mm. do it. But actually, mm. if that had been the end for me, if I couldn't have bounced back, uh, 10 people would have lost their jobs. All that I'd worked for would have mm. come to nothing. Mm. So delegation is so, so important. One, it helps you grow. And then when you are growing, it means that you you can get some work-life balance. I mean, where have you seen this in action, Penny? Well, as, as you said, as a, as a business owner, when you start a business, you are everything, aren't you? You are the marketing person. You, do, you basically just do everything. So to have that first person on board and actually to delegate and think, I've actually got someone that can actually help me. It's just making that step. And also, you want to surround yourself with people that actually know more than you do, really. You want to say, bring you want to bring that knowledge in so you don't always have to think of absolutely everything yourself because that's exhausting. If you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. And I think if you're the smartest <laughs> person in your business, you haven't employed the right people. Yeah, and, 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 and do you know what? Even if you follow, you know, absolutely all the things we've talked about today, you know, it's not always, it's not a, a defined science. You know, things mm. will happen with people, people's life changes so it's never going to be a hundred percent right but i think by doing some of the things we've talked about today it will just give you the confidence that you've done everything you can to make sure this person is the person you thought they were going to be support them when they start support them with their training and development um and then you've got people that are going to help you not only get your work-life balance right but help grow your business you can't do it all yourself i am a huge (laughs) fan of employing people you improve other people's lives you improve your own life and i just sometimes i get goosebumps because i just love my team so much and i think we've put it together ourselves everyone's helped and it is just a really cool place to be and and my kind of catchphrase for the show is dream bigger, believe bigger and make a difference. And you can make a difference to not only your own life, mm. but you can make a huge, just to make make something amazing. Yeah, and, yeah no, that's right. And no, you have right. to let go yeah. and, and, and grow it. So um, top tips there. Um, 
I think we're going to go to a little break now. Thank you, Penny, so, so much for coming My in. My pleasure. Yeah. Penny, Thank you. Penny Hollington from Hollington Associates. Um, she offers very bespoke um, where she really, really works with companies. And Penny is amazing. There's other people out there as well doing a job where they truly want your business to be better. They truly want to mm. um, to, to make it good for you and, and, and match up the right people from, a, from I think, a fairly moral point of view as well. At the top of the hour, we've got Emma Good from 24 Fingers coming in. She's a, um, a bit of a social media whiz kid. And we're going to actually tie in the employ and grow and talking about how social media can really, really help you uh, not only attract the best staff because they're seeing what you're doing out there, but also how we can use these platforms to advertise. We're going to talk a little bit about how we can really maximise what we do on social media um, to help recruit for our business. And I guess initially we thought we'd just talk about, oh, where can you put your ad out on platforms? But actually using social media as a way of drawing people into your business is so important, isn't it, Emma? That's right. Great to be here talking about this subject. It's so important for businesses today to really um, harness the power of social to get the right talent. Because I know that um, actually... I'm out on too many platforms as we talked about last week, but I'm on YouTube and I know for sure a couple of people have come in and they've watched my, I'm a bit I'm a bit mad and maybe people haven't come, haven't applied for jobs. So I think, oh, she's a bit crazy. Do I want to work for her? But I've had people come in and say, I've seen your vlogs. I've seen what you do. I've seen your fantastic photos on, you know, on social media. I want to come and work here. And when people are coming to you saying, please employ me, honestly, that is the best feeling. Definitely. And I think something that you do really well you've got a very good personal brand so people already know you like you and trust you before they've even met you and it's a, a you know a testament to how you're coming across on YouTube if people are actually then taking the next step to apply to work for your company it's, it's fab and I, but I think we can all use it I mean whether what it is we talked last week about what platform you should be on but if you look pulled together and if you've got regular content and if, if you're say you're even if it's personal brand or your corporate brand is really upbeat, you're going to draw people into your business. And I say it is, it is, it is a really neat feeling when people want to come and work for you because they've, they've seen what you do and, and, seen, and seen what you've got out there. Um, so we're going to go through the different platforms and how we can use them. We're going to start with LinkedIn. Um, LinkedIn is good because it's very, it's not quite B2B, but you're talking to other business people and they have got a good recruitment part to their website, to their platform, haven't they? Definitely. They've got a very strong recruitment platform. Um, it's paid, but it's highly targeted. And I think in general, when we talk about recruitment for um, using social media, you know, an interesting stat for you that 59% of employees say that social was part of the reason they joined a company. 59%. You know, it's a high stat, and I think if there was one reason to integrate vacancies and career advice on your feed, that would be it. So, so important that I mean, it's not just about getting customers because, as we've been talking about in the show, you can't go anywhere without the right people. It is so, so important. So, so how would how do we use LinkedIn as a really good platform? So, I think LinkedIn um, two two ways. One is to make sure that you have a company page. So, most business um, owners and entrepreneurs will have a personal profile, but company page is as important. Do you know what? I don't know that I've got a company page, or if I do, I don't. I don't use it. And actually, I have searched, when well, I've been headhunting, actually, for other photographers, I've searched other photography company pages to find the staff that work for them. Okay, that's on the list that's for tomorrow. <laughs> that's my homework. I think I'm going to have a list of homework things to do. So a company page. Company page. And that's really important for a few reasons. One, you can post vacancies on there. So the more people that follow your company page, the more people organically will be able to see what you've got coming up in terms of hire. 
vacancies. So if I'm, I, I put out a few blogs and, and telling people what I'm up to, should that go on my company page or on my personal page? So the way that I do it and the way that I'd recommend is post it first on your company page and then reshare it to your personal network. So it's so a double whammy. It's a little bit like Facebook. I'm saying I'm, I'm of the I'm kind of Facebook. I seem to understand it, so it's very like Facebook. Post it to your your, and then if you're posting good content, people will follow your company page. Exactly that. So um, it's definitely a platform that needs to be in your content calendar. I know that we're going to be talking about content calendars in a, in a um, forthcoming episode of the show. Make sure that the content, just like Facebook, resonates with people. It's no good um, just putting sales pictures or promotions. You know, use it to add value. Give somebody behind the scenes content. And um, when we look at vacancies on LinkedIn, I think it's really important. You touched on it earlier to make sure that your company culture shines through those company page posts. So, do the. Um, accolades do the awards do the tributes really congratulate your staff okay i've got i can congratulate all my staff that's mm -hmm. so this is really interesting i thought that showing what i do behind the scenes actually we have um you know do you know what we do on everyone's birthday we seem to do nothing but eat cake because we've got so many people in when it's their birthday we do a cake and a card and we all have a 15 minute afternoon tea and we say we, we sing happy birthday <laughs> I have lots of I have lots of women in my team, and we like to sing songs and eat cake and drink coffee. Um, we get lots of work done too, but you, I don't really shout about that. And and people just say you know it's, it's quite unusual that the whole team stops and and so we have birthday cake and, and coffee every every time it's someone's birthday. Um, okay, that that is top of my list, and it is because attracting them in is so important. So we're doing that. We've got our company page, and then. How do you use link? Do you advise using LinkedIn on their recruitment side? Because I know they've got a recruitment section, which is sort of—it's not cheap, but it's—it's it's not ridiculously expensive. I think do the organic stuff first. So create content that applicants can see themselves working for your company when they look at it. So things like your birthday songs and your birthday cake. I think, you know, I'm going to apply now that I know that you're doing that. Yeah. And, you know, that's fantastic. That would give somebody a great feeling. Ask. Um, people to come up with community and charity ideas that can go on your company page, do all of that stuff first, and then move on to the paid platform. Now, the paid platform for targeting is fantastic. You can search by experience, by by um, examinations, by degree, by locations. You can really hone in on your ideal candidate. And then, obviously, you've had Penny from Huntington Associates in earlier. Somebody like Penny could help you vet the CVs. So you use Target. Um, sorry, use LinkedIn's targeting options to, to give you access to the fantastic candidates you might not necessarily meet or need to recruit quickly for. Yeah, actually, I've had a few people through LinkedIn um, when I've applied for some of my slightly bigger jobs. And actually, um, it is great because they're, they're seeing and, and they've been able to read your posts and I'll be able to read my company page soon. And, and also LinkedIn recommends people for you as well, don't they? Yeah, and I think like all social, people um, can be found. It's quite a transparent place nowadays. If you've got a criteria in terms of your ideal candidate, very quickly on LinkedIn, you should be able to find the type of person that you want in the salary with the level of experience you desire. Just as a little aside here, um, employee, if you're listening and you're an employee, employers do uh, social media stalk you. And the first thing I do is go to LinkedIn and you've got to have a good profile picture and you've got to make sure that you're uh, across all the platforms, but especially LinkedIn. I mean, you can, I would be a bit more forgiving on Facebook because that's personal. So actually people should be allowed to pretty much do what they want. But your LinkedIn page is your business face. You're not going to turn up to a uh, an interview in your ball gown with a glass of champagne in your hand. Why would you have that as your opening photo? <laughs> 
I do I do like to have a giggle actually at all the LinkedIn things. So if you are listening and it's a really good idea if you're employing people, look at three people on their social media because you can get a feel for what kind of people they are. And and for me, if they haven't got a decent profile and a different decent profile photo when they're applying to a photography company, I think it's saying a little bit about their preparation. So so get out there and get you know make sure you're looking professional and you've you've got a great photo. Um, we're looking um, at social media and how we can really use social media to attract people into our business and also then and how we actually recruit and ask them when we have got vacancies. We've talked about LinkedIn, um, but let's have a little talk about Facebook. How do we use Facebook to best attract and recruit staff? Okay, so the world's biggest social media platform, again, is genius for recruiting. Um, if you're a big enough recruiter, you can set up specific pages purely for career and vacancies and again that's a nice touch to have somewhere special to talk about the company achievements talk about the employees it's the modern day equivalent of the employee of the month gold star okay so that's that's good and what if we're not actually if we're not a big enough recruiter how else do we use facebook to uh, attract staff i'd recommend looking at facebook groups so most industries and sectors and locations will have specific groups mm. i know um essex has got have got lots and there's lots of entrepreneurial uh, facebook groups targeting Essex business owners. Post your jobs in there, ask for recommendations, talk about who you're hiring for, because no doubt somebody in that group will know the perfect candidate for you. Yeah, Facebook groups are fantastic because you, you, you see what goes in and it's much better way than actually putting it on your page. I have recruited through Facebook and I've got um, through Facebook friends. I just would, a word of caution on your personal page. It can get a bit sticky and uncomfortable of people who you might really like them, but they not might not be quite right for your business. And another thing, when I've, when I've, re, when I've posted ads on my personal page, some people have taken it as a job offer. You know, you know, we've a job. So just be careful on your personal page that you structure it in such a way that this is a proper job. I'm, I'm, I'm hiring and employing properly because I say, oh, we need people. And, and, and I say people have kind of private messaged me as if, they've, as if I've offered them a job personally. So word of caution on, on your personal page. Um, I've actually just started using the jobs vacancy and, and I've had some pretty good results with that. We, we're looking for photographers. Um, really how we have to get the perfect people to help grow the business. So that's what I'm using it for. And going into photography Facebook groups is a really great way of getting staff. And obviously that doesn't cost as well. So the more that you can do on Facebook organically for free, do it. If however you need to recruit quickly or you need a special um, vacancy field then I'd suggest creating a job post on Facebook so that works exactly like LinkedIn rather than creating a standard post or photo you create it as a job post and then you can pay um, to boost that post to your targeted audience word of caution on that you can't target by gender or by age it's purely by location yeah, I just found that out because actually it's only location and actually it would be better if you could narrow it down, but obviously when you're employing people, you've got to be, you know, equal opportunities employer and, and put it out to everyone. So you can't narrow it down so much, but location's helpful. We need people who are kind of, they've got to be half an hour, 40 minutes from the studio. And actually we get people applying from all over the country and it's like, no, it's not, it's not really right. So location is great. And um, what about Instagram? I wouldn't have thought of that as, as a recruiting, but I guess that's all about your brand and, and things. Exactly. It's a perfect platform, again, to show behind the scenes content. I think fun little videos, little clips of uh, the day in action at your premises or your offices is a great piece of content for Insta. It just shows why your company is a great place to work and people need to feel that they would fit in with your company culture. So Insta's a great place for that. 
watch this space because actually, again, we're really looking for photographers and we have to have attitude over skill set. They've still got to be photographers, but we need really cool people who can be ambassadors for our, com- our company. And I've been advertising with photographs of of dance schools, of, of things we take photo- photos of. And I thought, wait a minute, I have an amazing team who are fun and fabulous. So half an hour before I came to the radio station, three of my girls were there in their, their bright, we do all go out in bright pink uh, um jumpers and we've done some fun photos to recruit people saying this is a fun place to work and I really feel like I know a little bit about marketing but I I can't believe I haven't done this sooner because we want people to come into our team and we want them to be team members don't we? Well company fit is so important I think Penny from earlier would agree that if somebody's going to fit into your company that's you know that's half the battle and for your business photography you're recruiting creative people so you know check them out on Insta check out their portfolio they need to have the right talent not just the right exams. Another thing, if you're an employee and you go to a job and you say, I'm really passionate about X, Y, Z, I'm really passionate about photography, have evidence that that's what you are passionate about. And you're right, if you've got Instagram, really, if people are telling me they love photography, there's no reason why they shouldn't have it on their Facebook and their Instagram. So we can look into it. And and, and no matter what the job is, if they're telling you that that's what they're really into, it's probably good if they've got a little bit of social media evidence, I think. Um, So then... Twitter, how would you use Twitter to help recruit people? So power of the hashtag on Twitter, um, work out what the best hashtag is for your industry or sector and then search by hashtag. So if you can see somebody that's really um, prevalent in posting the type of content that's um, well versed in your industry, search that content. You can do that in the search bar on Twitter, start a relationship and before long, you'll start to see who the movers and shakers are on Twitter for your sector. So for Twitter, it sounds like you'd, you'd, this is for your sort of high-end positions and maybe more expert positions because if they're tweeting out about things, are people who have to really know what they're talking yep. about, I guess, that you want to chase them down. Well, like we said last week, Twitter is a place for people's opinions. So if you need to recruit an expert or an influencer or somebody with a large Twitter following, search by hashtags and, and very quickly you'll see who the top performers are. We've looked at the different platforms, but um, one thing which we touched on with Penny earlier in the show is how um, recruiting and when you're using social media, it's a two-way street, isn't it? And what happened recently that that got a lot of uh, traction? You're absolutely right. I think online reputation is everything nowadays. And um, in the last couple of weeks, something went very, very, very viral for all the wrong reasons. Uh, There's a candidate that went to an interview and it was one of those stress interviews. So it was designed over two hours to put her under immense pressure. And she had such an awful experience to the point that even though she was offered the job, she turned it down. But she didn't just turn it down. What she did was she showed her response on Twitter. She posted out and she named the company. And it was very eloquent and it was very heartfelt and, and it was very relatable. And the result was that tweet has since had 42,000 retweets. It's had 5,000 comments and it's been liked 141,000 times. So publicity for the company for all the wrong reasons. Um, that's a word of warning. Yeah, and, and when you're recruiting, you're, put, you're inviting people into your business um, and it's a PR thing. And, and actually, while I don't say look after people because you don't want bad PR, because actually look after people because that's what we should do. Um, part of the reason I really wanted to do a show is to 
to talk to people about how we can grow people and and, and employ more um, women growing their business so they can employ more people and really, really look after them. And this idea of a stress interview sounds terrible. And, and do you want to work somewhere that, that's going to constantly put you up under stress? Because you can't, we can do both, can't we? We can't have, can have a work-life balance. So don't be nice to the people that are coming in to interview just because you don't want bad PR. Be nice to them because that's the right thing to do when we're running a business. Exactly that, exactly that. So um, yeah, but it's a really good thing to talk about as a two-way street and people can share out. So Emma, this has been fantastic. And I think um, I know I'm going to take away from this my company page on LinkedIn, which I, I don't, I think I have one. I'm not sure, but I definitely don't use it as a really good way of saying behind the scenes and saying what a great place you are to work because there are so many fantastic places to work and you're doing all this looking after staff, but do it to get more staff in as well so you can grow your team and, and, and really have the very, very best people. Sure. So what are your top tips, Emma? So my top tips, and you're right, it's so important to get the right team around you. You can grow so much faster uh, when, you, when you've got the right people. So my top three tips, number one is make sure that your social media accounts and your bios in particular really reflect you and your brand and your company. Make sure that at a glance somebody can get a feel for who you are and what's the company values that, and purpose. That's a great tip and being really succinct and, and, and actually we're a pretty fun place but not everyone's like, you know, you might be more serious or you might, whatever it is you want to do and but you've got to put that out there so people know and then again it's a deselection process and I think well that's not the right company for me, that's great because that's say if you're reading a CV, yeah. doing a phone interview, possibly a first interview, if they, they've deselected themselves from your business if, if you're not the right fit. That's right. Second, don't be afraid to be human. That might sound really obvious but so many people think that on social they need to be very corporate and very professional actually be real be human and, and you will attract more humans like you that makes perfect sense doesn't it yeah and, and i think it is we're so wanting to have a corporate image but actually i think times are changing with perhaps social media and with more smes coming into it and not you know, you can make a difference if you put out who you are and, and how human you are. Exactly. I know for my company, we um, probably push the boundaries a little bit more on social because we can. It's but you, you have to, yeah, yeah, because that's, you know, your social media company, 24 Fingers, very good. Bless you, thank you. Um, you know, we're not the corporate suited and booted agencies. If anybody that's looking for that type of offering, we're not going to be right. And that will come across really clearly if somebody reads our feed. So, yep, don't be afraid, afraid to be the real you. Um, you can't please everybody and don't be afraid to niche. And thirdly, leverage your network. All of us have got fantastic net networks, especially in Essex. We've got a very vibrant business community. Don't be afraid to ask for recommendations and gradually you will find that people will start coming to you and offering you really great candidates that you might not have found elsewhere. Fantastic. That has been brilliant. Thank you so much, Emma. for listening. Please remember to rate, review and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. It really does help people to find us. Join us again next week. We have Mandy Baker, businesswoman and life coach guru, discussing just how much wellbeing matters. We're going to look at ourselves as a whole. Even when thinking our business, wellbeing encompasses everything. Getting that work-life balance is crucial. So if you have any business questions you'd like answered, email in on carmel at carmeljane.co.uk or post to our Facebook page, Carmel Jane Talks Business. We would love to hear from you. And remember, find us on Instagram and Facebook, Carmel Jane Talks Business, or Twitter and LinkedIn at Carmel Jane. I'm Carmel Jane, and remember, dream bigger, believe bigger, and make a difference.